Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? You have to connect to the others around you. Connect does not just mean you just go with it all the time, but feel that out, gain perspective. Look at where other people are standing before you make a decision or a choice of what you're going to say or how you're going to act, or don't, right? And then furthermore, connect to the universe around us. Dr. Janelle Kim is a wellness and beauty expert, ninth generation Korean American master herbologist, a published author, and doctor of Chinese medicine. Dr. Kim is also the founder and formulator of JBK Wellness Labs, where over the last 15 years, she's been formulating for some of the world's largest skincare brands. Janelle's father has been a huge influence in her life. He was a Korean monk who was raised from the age of seven in a remote mountain temple, and he passed his traditions and knowledge to his daughter. Today, as a ninth generation healer and the keeper of her family's proprietary herbal formulations, Janelle honours the traditions of her ancestors every time she shows up for work as the lead formulator. Her father believed firmly in passing on the principles he learned, which I can't wait to hear more about today. Janelle is such a fascinating woman, and I was super excited to get her on the podcast to understand her take on the world in a little more depth. Janelle, it is wonderful to have you here all the way from San Diego. Welcome to the podcast. It is so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I want to get stuck right into it because you are one fascinating lady and I've been following you for quite a while online and so excited to chat to you today. So if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? If there was one thing that I wish the society would talk about more, it would be that we all see our similarities, that we're all human, rather than seeing the differences and how we divide and how we're all separate from each other. We have all these beautiful aspects about us that make us unique and special in our own way, and I celebrate that. But if we can, in this moment in time, what comes to me first is really see that we all come from the same place. I think this world would be that much better, and that is exactly why I wish to share Myung Sung, the Korean art of living meditation with the world. I feel like that embodies that. Wow. So um, Myung Sung, Living Meditation. So this is a book that you've written in this space as well. And this obviously is your heritage and it's, you know, been passed down for hundreds of years. Tell me more about that. What does that mean to you? And how do we understand the concept of that more? If you really had to bring it back, and now I'm talking thousands of years to the beginning of who knows what time period, many of us are familiar with the Tao. Right? And the Tao is the universe. And from the Tao, from the universe came yin and yang. And then from there, everything, everything comes. And so I like to, at least for the purposes of today, start that way. So centuries ago, that is where my lineage links to. But how far back it goes, honestly, Michelle, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> right? But the whole idea is that what my ancestors and what the ancient sages and teachers of these ways of life that have existed for so long have taught us 
are certain principles, universal principles that exist. And these have been studied and have been embodied in such a way as has been done in my lineage by individuals who I always like to begin by taking a moment to acknowledge that they spent their entire lives devoted, dedicated to understanding the human mind, body, spirit, so that we can live our happiest and best lives possible. And I believe that that is what's been passed down in my lineage, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. In fact, I'm the first woman in my lineage to ever kind of be the guardian of the formulas that have been passed down for centuries, the herbal formulations, the medicine aspect. I break it down into the, what I call the three M's, the medicine, the meditation, or the way of life, the living meditation, as well as movement. And those three aspects, as the, my ancestors taught, as the ancient sages have taught us, that if you are able to incorporate that into your daily life, you truly can live a life of balance. And through that balance, we can have, we empower ourselves to make correct choices, to see more clearly, to gain perspective. And through that, we can find calm, we can find peace, and ultimately we can find happiness no matter what's happening in our lives. You know, there's always ups and downs. Have you always lived this way or did you sort of know this way from a younger part of your life or have you learnt this over time and moved into this field through your kind of work and career? Yes, it's a wonderful question and the answer is I think it's both. You know, I know at this point in my life and probably for most of my life, if I really think about it, that I was put on this earth to do this. I've always had a choice. We always have a choice, right? What we wish to do in this life, the decisions we make. But I was put on this earth. You know, my father was Korean. My mother is American. I think that is even kind of a huge part of what I hope to bring into this world in every way possible, that integration of East and West. And then furthermore, probably you already can hear from me, also integrating the old and the new, you know, being rooted in our ancient ways that existed for so long and really do connect to nature and universe a bit more than what you see in our modern times as of yet. You know, and so it really is kind of combining and finding the balance of all of that. And so I obviously came into the, this world this way. And you're right, I was raised and that I, I tell stories of this in the book, how I was raised in a certain way. My father, ultimately, when he was young, he went to the mountain of East Asia, mountain of Korea, when he was seven years old and studied with his master or his teacher. And he stayed there for seven years. He studied meditation, movement, medicine, all of the things that I, I hope to continue to share. And so it, it blows our mind. I see your reaction, Michelle. I have to tell you, even for myself, this is my own father. But even I sit there, I have two young sons. One of them is now nine. But when he turned seven and I knew this day would happen, and I look at him and I think my father was in the mountains of Korea at this time, learning in a much different way than we are right now. Right. And so that's where it kind of all stems from going way back. How does that happen that a seven-year-old gets sent? So he, is it his parents or did it was something that he knew that he had to do or wanted to do? Or did someone else guide them and tell them that he went to, you know, to be in the mountains and become a monk? And how does that occur? Yeah, no, I appreciate this because it is a part of my life. So I kind of zip through it. And then so I love that you're stopping to ask this because it's really important and something I was curious about too when I was young. Again, it's all of the above. Right. So during that time was a difficult time in Korea. My family were educated. They were scholars and well-known. In fact, part of my family even stems from the royalty line of Korea. And so we're not as, as aware of this in the Western world per se, but in Asia, especially in Korea at that particular time, it was it was difficult. It was not safe for my family. And so that was certainly a very big part of why my father went to the mountain was almost to scatter and escape. However, the truth is that there was something more to it. 
you know, it was in his destiny, as he would say. So that's not the only reason. So that's kind of the real reality way of looking at it. But also that was his calling. And once again, he also had a choice what he was going to do. So at that time, he was so young. Basically, his decision of being there, as you can see in the book, even at the age of seven, he had to walk through a lot of challenge to be able to make that decision that he wanted to stay. So that's why it's also really important to acknowledge that it was also part of his destiny, right? He, he felt that and he aligned with that and took that choice. And so now kind of going back, you know, we each had different choices. My father had to sit in the mountains outside in the wilderness and survive in that manner. And for me, it was not something I always knew I would, I would necessarily be a part of. It was a part of my life, the medicine, the meditation, the movement, but it wasn't until I was a young adult. And the first thing I really started with was medicine. So when I was about 19 years old, I, I went to, I grew up very academic. I went to a wonderful college university, you know, really studied hard. And, and kind of in the middle of that, it hit me, a few things happened that, you know what, I finally, it hit me a certain way. The medicine that, that I have grown up with is truly helping people. And people have to know about this because it was helping people with things that not a lot of people were aware of. And so that was the first time I really made a decision and a huge leap of faith. There have been a few in my life where I decided I have to do this. And it was scary and people did not understand why I all of a sudden made this decision. But it probably resonates with you. I have a feeling, Michelle, that you have walked through moments like this in your life, I gathered, and I went with it. And that's how it, how it really began manifesting in a more tangible way, let's say. So mm, medicine amazing. first. So you're a doctor of Chinese medicine, is that correct? So I say traditional oriental medicine because yes, I am definitely a doctor of Chinese medicine. It's all rooted from China, but Korea is known to kind of advance that herbal medicine as well. And my lineage is Korean. So yeah, wonderful. I just want to clarify that. And I know you have a company that do a lot of uh, formulas and things for a lot of other companies now. That's right. So you're creating some of these, you know, herbal kind of medicine mixes that can be, you know, found in lots of other um, things that other people use, right? Can you explain that a little bit to me? Yes, that's exactly right. So about 10 years ago, my husband and I created JBK Wellness Labs, and it is not named after myself, but it is named after my my grandfather, who is a very well-known practitioner, and he had clinics and had patients, and so he truly embodied medicine and herbal medicine in that way. And so that is what we do at our lab, kind of long story short. 10 years-ish before we opened this lab, we helped to build brands. We were at the forefront of natural products, herbal products, you know, at a time where people, you said meditation, they thought hey, there was something wrong with you. You started talking about herbs, and like, okay, that's nice, move along. Even natural products. I really feel like it's my my main role in this life, at least at this moment in my in my life, is to just be able to have things make sense to people right? That's like my role. Here's these ancient principles and this medicine and this meditation, this way of life, this movement. How can I do my best to make it resonate? How can I do my best to make it make sense? And over the years, that's what we we have worked on. That's what I have worked hard on together with my husband. And 10 years ago, we started, we had built enough of a reputation that people asked us not just to help build their brands, of course, make products, but make products for their company. And that's how we started JBK right before my first son was born. And you're right, we contract manufacture products, which means everything is rooted from the herbal medicine, the understanding not just of the ingredients, but proper formulation, because that's the key. You can have the best ingredients ever, but they have to be in the perfect recipe or your body doesn't accept them. It's a whole long conversation, but that's yeah, it in amazing. short. Yeah, we might get you back for another more details on that, because I love this stuff. You talked about your great grandfather. So this was in Korea, I'm assuming. Do you feel that and your kind of journey and in, in your kind of sense of responsibility to elevate traditional kind of medicines and stuff in 
you know, Western society? Has that been part of that kind of journey? And, and has that been tough? You know, when you said then you're, you're sort of ahead of time talking about medita- meditation. I've been going to Chinese medicine and herbalists here in Australia for many, many years and have found that they always have a beautiful and incredible solution for me. But I think people always think it's a bit woo-woo and, you know, you need to go to a traditional doctor. And I'm like, well, I find that they don't always work for me. So I, I combine everything. But I'm curious about your journey with that and how you feel the perception of what you do now versus maybe when you started. Yes, and that is it. You are exactly right. It still is sometimes very challenging. 20 years ago when I first started and was ahead of the time, let's just put it this way. People would come up to me and say, you know, the Asian thing is great and all, but you really shouldn't do that. You should take that away. What do you mean the Asian thing is great? What What are they saying? I know. And it's so funny because when I share this with people that I connect with, it can feel really jarring. But the reality, really, Michelle, it didn't bother me. It's a funny thing in my life. I think because I so deeply connect with understanding as we started today together, that we all truly are human. Thousands of years ago, it was humans. You know, hopefully thousands of years from now, we will still have humans. <laughs> I'm joking around, but, you know, and to me, that's what I see. We're all human. So even if you stand in front of me and you tell me, oh, okay, no, that doesn't work. I don't know. I know in my heart that if I continue to share these things, how much it helps people. My whole life I've seen it. I know what it does for my own life, the ups and downs I've experienced in my life. I've seen what it can do for others. And so I never got hung up on that. Sure, sometimes you stop. And to me, it would be a moment where I realized, okay, recheck, reflect on myself. Am I doing the correct things that it makes sense to people? You can't always hit everyone. But at some point, I want to, as long as I always stick to those principles, as long as I share the medicine and the meditation, the way of life, the movement that has always connected with human beings, I'll find my way. Where we stand right now in comparison to 20 years ago, first of all, Korean beauty. It's one of the biggest in the industry right now. Had I listened at that time and thought, you know, you're right, no one's going to get this. <laughs> you know, we, we, I would not be a part of this and certainly not in the lead with, you know, the people who are doing this. And that means a lot to me. So, so yes, it's been challenging moments, but I never let that get me down because when I truly feel in my heart and I know so many individuals have given their entire lives to understanding this for the benefit of us, I'm a part of that. You know, it's not me and what I think and what I want to push and get out there. No, this is, I am a part of this and this world needs that. And it's so interesting to me, Michelle, because when people, and actually it hit me really strong just a, just a bit ago in this way, you know, when people say that, and I've heard that for so long, Eastern medicine, Western, well, first of all, I'm going to shock everyone because I believe in both as, as you just mentioned, and I'm so happy about that. There are things about modern medicine that are incredible. Why would we not acknowledge that? Certain technologies, diagnostics, but when it comes to treatment, maybe it's not always the best road, but particularly as a doctor, I believe you must understand as much as you possibly can and do everything in your power to help your patient. And even as a human being, as a person, educate yourself to the best of your ability and then make your choice. But the ancient medicines, Chinese medicine, Oriental medicine, Ayurvedic, they have been around for thousands of years. Modern medicine has been around for hundreds of years. <laughs> so right there, sometimes it's interesting to me. That's what hit me a couple weeks ago in a really interesting way. Even though I've been doing this for 20 years, you know, what is it that you don't believe in? Like what doesn't make sense that, you know, this has existed for thousands of years and to help people. Is that not a super important piece? And when I go around the world and I educate in this way, that really resonates with people. It's hard to fight that. Who can truly argue, okay, for thousands of years, this medicine has healed people and has made them have good health. What do we want to discuss? <laughs> it is so true. wonder how it is that happened. You know, it's just like the, 
the you know it's you know the the traditional form of almost like marketing you know in the days where more oriental medicine was seen as um unusual and foreign and we don't understand it so we're just gonna you know like park it over there and promote our modern kind of medicine this is better this is the way so fascinating isn't it but it is it is i don't i don't get too hung up on that because um it sounds as do you because it's not going to do anyone any good so we kind of acknowledge no but i always say to people that are are, you know kind of as i say poo poo it go oh you're crazy why would you see that and that's too woo woo or whatever i'm like give it a go and for me where there's been you know, things that I haven't been able to get the answers on a, you know, traditional medicine, then I will go, okay, well, I'll try this, you know, I'll go and get some cupping or I'll get some needling acupuncture or, you know, I mean, I love reflexology for me, that makes a massive difference. And, you know, how our feet are so aligned, you know, all these different kind of elements, but as you say, like the herbs and things as well. So yeah, fascinating. There was a couple of things that you said there where I'd like to explore a bit more around your life is your decision and you make those decisions. And and you also referred to that with your father as well. I'm a big believer of that, but some people listening might go, well, that's fine for you. And you've been able to, you know, and you came from this family or whatever. I, I really want to talk about that a little bit more about your belief of that, about you are, you know, the power of your own destiny, despite your circumstances or despite some of the horrific things that happen to people. How do you navigate that with people and advise them and give them some tips, I guess, to maybe dig out of a hole if that's what they're feeling? Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And let it be known, I have certainly walked through some ups and downs in my life. And so that is one of the reasons I feel so very compelled to share these principles. In fact, to be completely transparent, I did not even think I would bring them out into the world as soon as I did. And one of the reasons is because I lost my father six years ago. At the age of 33, which is my lucky number. So I thought, oh, 33, this is going to be it. And then my whole world came crumbling down. Mm, you know, prior sorry, to that, yeah. thank you, Michelle. And I know you have also experienced, you know, loss, especially of parents at a young age. I'm not sure of all the detail, but no matter what, it is, it's the worst thing. You know, and people who lose people, I say that it's the worst thing. There's nothing else to say sometimes, you know, but with my understanding and how I feel about that, I'm so so connected still to my father in some ways in my own experience more than even when he was physically here because I have to stay connected. That's exactly how I feel about my dad. I'll get all upset now. (laughs) But um, I lost my dad 15 years ago and I still feel I can talk to him. I was telling a girlfriend the other day. So yeah, I still feel incredibly connected to him. I've never heard anyone else say that, Janelle. So that's beautiful. Yes. I really appreciate that, Michelle. Now you're giving me goosebumps. I mean, really, it's a very special thing to be able to Connect with someone on. So when I speak of the ups and downs in this life and that we can't avoid anything in this life, you know, we can't avoid losing someone. We can't avoid hardships that come into our life. I kind of began the whole time together speaking of the Tao. From the Tao came yin and yang. And, and the beautiful thing that I really wish for people to know, again, as we started, one of the things I love about Sung, living meditation, the Tao, these ancient traditions, they really are for everyone. It doesn't matter your religion, your beliefs, your ethnicity, your age, your gender, because they really do speak on the truth. So it doesn't matter. I'm not, it's not about Taoism. It's not, it's just about the universe, how we all exist. And the universe itself is made up of yin and yang. And if that doesn't resonate with you, it's dichotomy. In this life, there's day and there's night. There's loud and there's soft. There's feminine and masculine energy. No matter where you look, there's always those two kind of opposites. And they're always changing. And that is our life. And we're going to walk through hard times. We're also going to walk through beautiful times. 
And something that hit me about six years ago, I can't say it was just all at once, but boy, did I feel it strong when I lost my father, is I don't know how many people, and it wasn't necessarily this way back then, now I'm feeling more, how many people really come out and acknowledge that? You know, I am a huge proponent of bringing positivity to your life, manifesting good things. However, I think it's very important to take a step back too and acknowledge life is not made of all good all the time and positive. And I feel like in this moment in time, it's important for some of us who have certain platforms, if it resonates, and it certainly does with me, to talk to people in this way. You're not alone. And we can find ourselves in really difficult and challenging times. And what are we going to do to get ourselves out of that? It's very hard as human beings to say, from now on, I'm going to be happier. <laughs> from now on, I'm not going to get as frustrated. You know how many years it took you to gain that habit, to not gain, to create is the better word, that habit. It's hard to set ourselves up like that. And setting down for certain meditations, doing certain practices in our life to help us, all that is incredible. However, again, let's take it one step deeper that really what it comes down to is understanding that we always have a choice. Going back to what you just asked, Michelle, we always have a choice in every single situation that happens to us. It starts with us, nobody else. No matter what is happening, we have a choice of how we are going to react based on emotion, I kind of explained it this way, or respond based on life and understanding that balance. And we don't even have to go so deep into it. It's as simple as what living meditation is, taking every single moment and every moment we come across, taking a few, a few moments within that moment to take a breath, almost zoom out is what I like to say. Gain perspective. Put yourself maybe in that other person's shoes or in those other people's shoes before you jump to a decision or don't. That's what I mean by choice. If you want to live a life reactionary and you want to live a life based on emotion and you don't want to look at this, go for it. That is literally your decision. But just remember that emotion, always taking things outside of yourself can lead to a life that feels very unrooted. And through that comes anxiety and true stress and lots of imbalances in our life. So if we as human beings, as our ancient sages and teachers taught us, always remember that it comes from ourselves first. This is not egocentric. It just means you have to root yourself, zoom out, gain perspective, and then in that moment decide how am I going to handle this? And through that, we make habits. It's all truly a self-discipline. That is one way of looking at meditation. Why do we sit down to meditate? To calm ourselves, to ground ourselves, to become more aware, to be happier. All of these things are correct. But why is it just in those moments, you know, that we really focus on this? Can you imagine if we started taking that into every moment of our life as a parent, in relationships, as a daughter, as a sister, in our community? You know, it's very important, even that awareness. And then in the book, how I describe it is I have eight keys of living meditation. They are the chapters and they're the tools that help us. For example, I won't go through all of them for the sake of time, but I think you'll like this, Michelle. Key number three is stop being drunk on your own thoughts. <laughs> was that your dad said used to tell you that or something? Stop being oh, you better believe it. Thoughts. Absolutely. There's a Korean word for it. Yeah. Yes, it's called dochi. They even have a word, a phrase for it. You get drunk on your own thoughts. What an important one. Can you imagine if more of us just were aware of this, that we have to be so careful, be passionate, be steadfast in the way you, your thoughts and your beliefs and how you feel. However, always remain open because if you get too limited in your own tunnel vision, that's what ends up happening. You end up not seeing clearly. And I think that's happening a lot in our world right now. It's also undoing a lot in our world right now, but what an interesting thing. So there are certain tools that we can just kind of remind ourselves. And these are tools that have been passed down for so long to just help us in our everyday life to balance with the things that are happening so that we can just keep having better habits. 
So to circle back to your comment at the start about us all being human and understanding and that compassion point, if there's one thing that you you know, really wish people would do more of to try and build the bridge and to, I guess, appreciate that we're all human and that we are all the same, essentially. How can people be better in that regard, do you believe? And I think most of the time it really comes from an awareness and the word that keeps coming to my mind, which I think embodies everything, is connectedness. Remember that we are all connected, even within ourselves, because key number one is know your true self. Without you, you don't even exist. None of this, we wouldn't even be having these conversations, <laughs> right? So that's why it has to start with you. But even within you, you have mind, body, spirit, and those have to be connected in order to be functioning properly as a human being, right? I don't think anyone can argue that. Western, Eastern, New, Old, all these things have to be functioning mentally, physically. We can even just look at that. Then you take it one step further. You have to connect to the others around you. Connect does not just mean you just go with it all the time, but feel that out. Gain perspective. Look at where other people are standing before you make a decision or a choice on what you're going to say or how you're going to act. Or don't, right? And then furthermore, connect to the universe around us. Now, I firmly believe there's something greater than us, something bigger than us, that if we connect to that, whether it is God, a higher power, whether it is nature, you connect to something bigger than you and it helps you feel connected. It helps you gain that perspective, you know, throughout time as we know it, that has existed. And so I suppose the word to me that really sums it up, as I just said, is that connection. If We have that connection. And in this moment, in any moment of time, we remember that we are connected in our own lineages. Each one of us has them. Right now, Michelle, we're connected in this way. You know, it becomes a less, a much less lonely feeling when you're walking through hardships in your life, you know? And I think that's really important, especially after the couple of years that we just walked through. Yeah. Yeah. Just listening to you talk, I was just thinking about so many people saying how that, you know, they feel so disconnected. Oh, just remember that connection never goes away. We could sit in a room without anyone, you know, and I don't suggest this and I don't think that would be enjoyable by any means, but even then you're still connected. And to remember that can fill a certain hole from all of those who came before you, you actually connect to all of those who are coming after you, whether it's your own children or the next generations, it no longer becomes a lonely life that people don't understand. So whether they walk through exactly what you have walked through, just know that simply being human means we all walk through the ups and downs. It's inevitable. So oh, beautiful. Dr. Kim, what an amazing woman you are. So lovely. We'll have to reconnect and do another session um, again, because I've loved listening to your, you know, view on life and the way you conduct yourself and help how you help others. And those three pillars are so important: medicine, meditation, movement. So you know, it's just I kind of do that all the time. But it's lovely to have that reminder that for all of us to use that in your life to make yourself better and to be more connected to other humans and have happier, more fulfilling lives. I really appreciate you, Michelle. Thank you very much for that. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favor? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com. <laughs>